Welcome to the Bench Bro CFP 100, where we recap all the top college football action across the country, discuss the latest college football rankings from the College Football Playoff Committee. But this time it's the college football playoffs that happened the semifinals over New Year's Eve while we were eating a bunch of snickerdoodle and a lot of good pies. I'm your host, Wesley Splane, and joining me today is a special guest from Virginia and one of my old teammates, Chad Hoffman. Chad, what's up? Not much, man. How's everything going? How's everybody doing? Hopefully having a good day. <laughs> we're pretty good, but I can't get away from these Ohio State fans, man. They're always on here. You and geez. We are contagious, we're passionate, and uh, we know our football for the most part. Passionate is true. After that game on Twitter, I totally saw you guys very passionate about the guys in stripes. I try, I try and stay away from Twitter after the game, after a loss at least. I mean, a lot of Penn State fans are, that I'm friends with being from Pennsylvania, so you got to rub it in a little bit when you, when you catch a big win, but when you catch a big loss, you hear about it. You totally, Have you ever been to a Penn State-Ohio State game? I am not, but I'm going now that um, my career path has changed. I'm going to Penn State, Happy Valley next year to see them play. So I will be in uh, all red against all my buddies in white. So it's going to be oh, an interesting. You're going to be the one red sole thumb just sticking out. Well, they're going to kick me up to the Ohio State fan section, the student section or whatever, the fans. All the way up in their nosebleeds. Oh, man, it's going to be brutal. So <laughs> but, hey, I mean, the, Penn State puts on a good show for, like, those wide-out games. The tailgates are awesome. I've been to one, like, back yep. in uh, – I went to the one in 2005. It was the Troy Smith and Taba Holly that kind of, like, put yep. Penn State on the map. Yep. And That's then – Yeah. And that was an awesome experience. And then I went to the one the next two years, um, 2007, where Ohio State. It was like their championship season where they lost to LSU. Yep, yep, okay. Where they, like, killed them 42-10. That was a snooze fest. The thing with fans, Ohio State and Penn State fans, there's this misconception for the most part. I see it. If you're a football guy, which you are clearly and I am, there's no bias. If you see a great staff – a great team, you know. You gotta admit, hey, Penn State's tough. Oh, this rivalry's tough. It's never yeah, gonna be a only rivalry. football guys get it. <laughs> yes, and and that's why that's why I can't stand when I go on Twitter. I, I wanna, oh my god, I read some of the tweets and I'm like, like what are what are these people thinking? Like these guys have Bro, no people idea. Get paid. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm thinking. They get paid to say dumb things. And <laughs> quite frankly, if that happened to me, I might have to do the same thing. If I'm making millions of dollars to talk bad about a team, but. It drives me nuts. So It really does. But anyway, let's get into it. The big game, the exciting game from college football semifinals was the Clemson-Ohio State um, game. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be the national championship. Clemson ended up coming back from a 16-0 deficit to win 29-23 to advance to New Orleans and take on LSU. We'll get into the LSU game in a little bit later. But, man, this was a back-and-forth game, very exciting football. Two very elite teams going back and forth. It just had to end on an interception by Justin Fields, a misread by one of the wide receivers in the end zone. Uh, Chad, what was your first initial thoughts about this game, overall thoughts, and then if you wanted to talk about some of the downfalls of Ohio State with, like, that no-catch, catch, and then the helmet-to-helmet, those were – some of the two pivotal calls that a lot of people have been pointing out about Ohio State getting screwed. But what do you think? Is this like good Clemson or did Ohio State just kind of bump a little bit? I think I'm more impressed with how Clemson rebounded 
being down at that level and at that stage being down 16 to zero. Um, Ohio State, as you know, started off extremely fast. Um, they were shoving it down their throats, throwing the ball real well. I thought Justin Fields was doing a fantastic job. Obviously, Dobbins running for about probably a buck 20 in the first quarter, second quarter, whatever it was. And they, and they were just put on a show. And the hard thing is to see as a fan when you get down to the red zone that many times against a team like Clemson, if you don't put it in for six, you best believe they're coming, They're going to find a way to sneak back in it. And that's exactly what they did. Their, their quarterback is a Heisman caliber guy. He's a top three quarterback in college football. Um, a lot of people can argue that because they don't play anybody, but they're not in there for no reason. It's Clemson. Historically, they have been just such a classy organization. The coaching staff's absolutely phenomenal, and the players are just the best of the best. And I, I thought it was a phenomenal game. They, they Their second half was... They just outclassed Ohio State in the second half. And take for granted, Ohio State had an opportunity. They were 25 yards away, and they just couldn't punch it in. And like you said, that misread by the receiver was, uh, I get it. I definitely get it. I played the position, and coming from a, an offense where you have a bunch of different opportunities with routes to run in a single play, all it takes is one miscommunication. The, he obviously saw the safety over the top. He wanted to take the skinny post. Obviously, it didn't work out. Justin Fields threw it on time, um, and, he, and, he, and the receiver ended up uh, ended up stopping. So, um, yeah, overall analysis, I say it was a, it was a great game by both. But more importantly, it came down to turnovers. It came down to who's going to score every time they get the ball, um, who's going to get the ball last, and who's going to execute. Unfortunately, Ohio State just didn't execute. Clemson, their defense executed to perfection, and we and Ohio State could not stop the run game. Trevor Lawrence did a fantastic job, I think. I, I I thought Clemson was in a big like hole to begin with because they oh, couldn't yeah. stop J.K. Dobbins and then nope. he ended up getting a little. I, I guess it was his ankle. What was it? Was it a calf or ankle or? His ankle was taped up. So I'm assuming if it, my guess was high ankle, a little bit of a high ankle sprain for him not to be able to continue to his full potential. That's my yeah, guess. Yeah, he relies on those cuts a lot to yeah. in order oh, to do yeah. that. And and take it for granted, I, I think I think they the D line and the linebacking corp of Clemson just did a fantastic job of shutting him down after that or even a little bit before that. But yeah, he was rolling. He it, it was sad to see him go down. Seventy five yard touchdown run. I thought it was like, oh, here goes Ohio State yeah. going on like another twenty one point run. And to be honest, Clemson's defense didn't really slow down Ohio State that much. It was just Ohio mm-hmm. State kind of having a bunch of miscues, like J.K. Dobbins dropping the ball in the end zone. That could have yep. easily been a three-point swing right there. Yeah, and another big one was, like you just said, that one of the big runs, I, I believe J.K. had two big runs in the first half, where one of them he was tripped up at about the seven or eight-yard line. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that's one of those drives where the momentum's on your side. you got to punch that in. Yeah, J.K. Uh, Dobbins, 18 carries for 174 yards and one touchdown. He was a big part of that Ohio State offense all year long, and just he was kind of in and out between quarters, so that – yeah. Kind of through the rhythm of the way Ohio State was trying to establish offense yeah. um, on there. But, hey, people slept on Trevor Lawrence. I don't know why, but, man, this guy can absolutely play. I mean, yeah. That one yard, uh, what was it, 55 or 60-yard run before halftime? My Lord. I it's thought that right. was the whole swing. Who would have thought? I, I had no idea. I mean, I, I, know, I know what kind of quarterback he was, but I didn't know he had the ability to move – you remember that Kurtzstown quarterback that was like 
kind of stocky. I think his name was like D'Angelo or whatever. On the Galbo, I think, or something like that. Yeah, where like yeah, it he, looked he like he was slow, and then he would just take off, and no one could catch him. Yeah, he ran for I think a ninety-yard touchdown against us. Yeah, I remember that because it was yeah. it was just like this kid shouldn't be fast, but for some reason no one can catch him. No, That's kind of how Trevor Lawrence was. Yeah, I think the guy. I mean, he rushed sixteen times for I believe like one hundred seven yards and a touchdown. But that that big sixty-seven yard scamper was it's a broken <laughs> tackles. I mean, you don't expect it, and they should have eventually put a spy on him. They, they should have, yeah. But like Trevor Lawrence wasn't that pivotal to where you could you could rely not putting a spy on him. Right. I think it was uh, Anthony. That I think that's how you say his last name. Where he was mostly the speed running back guy. You would have expected him to have a bigger game for Clemson, but it was yeah. mostly the RPO with Trevor Lawrence, and he was keeping that ball yeah. because the DM would crash all the time. And, and I'm. That- Sitting there thinking, ever since he took that shot from the head, I thought he was for sure going to be out for the game. But, man, what a tough SOB he was. He And that's going back to your point about expecting the running back um, to be able to get all the majority of the carries and have the best game, rushing the ball at least. That's the best part about game planning. You know, you you a certain coach, whoever it is, head coach, assistant coach, coordinator, they find a weakness throughout 12 games before. And they know they're on the national stage, and they're attacking one of the best teams, which I think this Ohio State team is the best Ohio State team I've seen in my existence. And kudos to whoever did it, the offense coordinator, I'm assuming, or Dabo Sweeney. They found a legitimate weakness with the RPO game in Ohio State's defense. Ohio State knew they were going to RPO the ball. They knew it. That's why everyone runs nowadays is the RPO. But Trevor Lawrence didn't run like this in any other game. And they, they attacked. They I'm sure they switched up their blocking schemes. So Yeah, to be honest, he didn't really need to run like that going yep. up against the ACC competition, how it was so down this year. Yeah. But I, I don't know about the best Ohio State team. I mean, that 2006 team with um, Troy Smith was pretty damn yeah. good. Terrell Pryor, wide receiver. Oh, man, you had, you had a lot. <laughs> There's so much talent. That, that's cool. I think that even, even – their future is just so bright. Their recruiting class is number one coming in this season, what I just saw on um, ESPN. Which, Ryan Day, I mean, you got to give credit to him for keeping, you know, the Urban Meyer train going, it seems like, with the program. Yep. Oh, We're going to find out in two years if it actually is going to work, though. Yeah. I think they'll have – there's a kid from my near my hometown, um, Julian Fleming. Uh, he's, he's no, why the, the Southern Columbian receiver? Yeah, he's – He's a man amongst boys, man. <laughs> he's a good kid too. He's he's got a good uh, good head on his shoulders, and that's what I think. He is, but I I wouldn't say he was like because I remember seeing one of his games when he was playing Central. He wasn't really fast. He was just a precise route runner. Oh, great routes! Yeah, yeah, like a he's Michael Thomas. Ohio State comparison for you. Michael yeah. Thomas is what I see in him. Yeah, he's got he's got a good burst, um, good length. More importantly, yeah, and he, just, he makes plays when the ball's thrown to him. He'll make the play. Doesn't matter. Single, double coverage. I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's gonna. He's a good opportunity to fit right in right away. Well, uh, yeah, it depends on if he wants to get redshirted or not. Or whoever's left of that wide receiving core. I think they have a pretty young receiving core, right? They do. They have a lot coming back too, from my understanding. Um, Except for Chase Young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they got K- KJ Hills and animals. Well, that was another big point in this game too. Was 
the ability of Clemson to be able to sort of like protect Chase Young a bit, but I mean, some other guys got through and hit Trevor Lawrence, but they were able to control the line of scrimmage pretty stout, I would say. I agree. Chase, uh, Chase Young was kept credit to show. Trevor Lawrence for feeling out the pocket, stepping up to the right, yep. going left and right, because he did a really good job at that, and I thought that improved his draft stock way more for next year. I agree. Yeah, he's he's a special talent, man. He he proved his worth in that game, and uh, going back to the Chase Young point, I think he was shut down for the last three games of the year with zero sacks. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure. I think he got one during Michigan, one. though. I think yeah, he got okay. one. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he had one, two, or if he I, – I thought he had none. But, yeah, he was – team started to pick up on him and um, just double-teaming him a lot more, which you got to do a guy like that. He's going to be a number one pick. <laughs> but yeah, but I was saying with, like, they would line up with uh, four down, and mm-hmm. normally that is, like, the outside edge rush, and the tackle held up pretty well. He did. But, he did. What really do you think well. about the, um, the catch-no-catch situation? I couldn't believe they overturned it. I, I actually was in shock. I was at a um, I was at a bar watching it down here, and when they reviewed it, I, I saw three full steps. I saw the ball extended, but to me, he had control. There was no tangling with the arms. It was just he had the ball left out. He took three steps, and then it came out. They returned it for a touchdown. So I was in shock at that stage of the game that's a big call that is a huge 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 call to make it is a big one it was a you know they would have been up by or did they have the lead then it was in the third quarter they would have been up 22 to 21 yeah and then if you think about with the justin fields interception at the end of the game it's pretty much the difference maker yeah yeah that's a judgment call man i mean it is Good for the ref to let the play continue out because mo- half the time they'll blow it dead or whatnot. But yeah, it's it's judgment to whether it's a football move or it's not or how many steps. Because yeah. ca- it's normally the catch and like if the knee is down, it's all judgment. You know, yeah. if he came down with the knee, then it would have been fine. And if he was out of bounds or whatnot, right. but the whole football move thing I think is just based on. Who's going to be in the game or who your officials are? I wouldn't let it stand. Right, me you too. Can't, you can't really overturn it, and you can't confirm it. Yep. Where it, you're a receiver, you know this. Where when you really have control of the football, you like no one really knows. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, and from what I get from a lot of the rules is, I catch, say, I catch the ball two feet out in front of me. I attack the ball, I catch it, and I take two full steps. Which is what um, Higgins did in this situation. Yes. Yeah, I take even two full steps. Someone swats it out. That to me is a fumble, whether he brings it in and tucks it in or not. That that's my understanding. But this rule is going to have to change that narrative. Yeah. So now it, it has to change. It has to be okay. He has to bring it in. A little bit rather than keep it out like that but still i, I just think it was a terrible I, I guess i shouldn't say terrible call I who think was it was the like, that was on him so he had an arm in there that prevented him from bringing the football down if he yes. would have gotten his arm out of there and just punched yeah. the football i think it would have been like confirmed that it was a straight up fumble yeah and i think if he if he touched the ball at all then it's you know he doesn't have control but he didn't even touch the football he was just 
wrapped around. Right, because he just he just held the ball up there for two or three steps. Yeah, um, and it came out right when the third step came down. Exactly. And it's like, that's the ticky tacky part of it. And then people watch the slow mo and they're like, "This is insane! Are you kidding me?" Yeah. But like, you got to watch it in real time. Like when you watch it in real time, you're like, "Ooh, it's like on the fences." Yeah, it's it's a tough call. Um, and and when I watch it, I obviously all bias aside, I, I don't agree with it. But I'm not that person. It's like any other job, you know. It's a they're judgment. paid. Yeah, they're paid to make a call. What they believe is the right call, and w- whether it's in our favor, Ohio State's favor, or Clemson's favor, so be it. The call's done. Get over it. Great teams move on. Find a way to make it. Make a play next. On to the next. That's the mentality. So. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the other stupid – there was like two dumb rules in college football I hate. One's the targeting, and I'm kind of forgetting the other one. But the targeting call was just mm-hmm. evident. Like it was head-to-head. Yeah. It happened in the LSU game um, with the – I think it was the Oklahoma backer, like hit the crosser, like yep. what Coach Derry used to say, bone the crosser. Yeah. But – he was coming off a blitz, hit him right in the head, and so be it because that's that's the way the rule lies. You can't exactly. really point to that to where Ohio State kind of lost its edge. You can't really point to that, no. but it did happen. The next play was a touchdown. <laughs> huge, huge play. I mean, you got you got to know if you're coming on a safety blitz, you are going to have all the momentum coming downhill, and that quarterback yeah. sitting in the pocket, flat footed. And yo, he hit he hit it fast too. <laughs> you saw I mean, Trevor I, Lawrence I like, love. oh wow, where did he come from? I absolutely love – I love the aggressiveness. I do. I love it. I think you just have to know they're going to protect quarterbacks at all costs. And there, people will say, oh, he ducked, he ducked. It doesn't matter if he ducked, jumped, swam. I don't care. His, you heard the, the smack. You heard it. You, you could hear it from the 120th row probably. That's just a re- – they're going to call it all, every play. They're going to call it. But big, another big momentum swing. It was. It was. Uh, it, I think that rule is so dumb. How you, you know, um, eject a player for that? I don't think you need to be ejected. So I agree no. With you. I think yeah. it's just a targeting, like, do a personal foul or something. You know, yeah. or, you know how unfortunately conducts you get like a second one. You're out. Just do I, that. Agreed. I don't. I don't get the whole ejection, and then you have to sit a first half like in the next game. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I. I, I don't either. Uh, just. For what I mean, the, the kid could have ten good plays before that, and then all of a sudden, the quarterback lowers his head. He's coming full speed. You know what it is? It, it's tough to stop your momentum. Yeah, it's it's it is hard. Very bang. It is very hard. Um, but yeah, he. I'm sure he knows too that after he watched it, he knows the rule. Unfortunately, he didn't mean to do it. It's going to happen. He's going to. I am so kick. shocked that Trevor Lawrence was just walked it off because that was a shot right into the temple too, especially yeah, with those. Uh, uh, Riddell helmets. There is yeah. not that much protection right there. Yeah, that was it was a shot, man. It was a shot. Kudos to uh, Clemson sticking it out. Ohio State getting sent home. I feel like yeah. Ohio State, when it comes to these big time games, for some reason they just kind of fold a little bit. They do. They don't play their best. Uh, if if you look at their their schedule and the strength of their schedule, they played, I believe, four or five. I think it was four ranked teams and. There really wasn't any close games besides the Penn State one. Um, well, you can argue the Wisconsin Big Ten Championship. Yeah, I thought for sure they Wisconsin was going to hold on to that lead. Yeah, and then they just they ran away with it a little bit. 
Um, but another, going back one more point, um, a turning point in the Clemson game, which a lot of people tend to forget about, is the, um, the unnecessary reason to rush the punter from Ohio State's point oh, of view. Oh, yeah. That, that led to the Trevor Lawrence touchdown. Why That's would you right. do that? <laughs> That's right. Well, you have them backed up on the 20-yard line or whatever it was. They're probably going to kick it anywhere from the 40 to the 30. You have a chance to return it to midfield. Momentum's back. Why, 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 why? Well, I think that was the call to send six or seven guys to block the punt and recover in the end yeah. zone. Oh, it definitely was. It definitely was. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just safe. Be safe. See, I call that at like the five-yard line and in. I wouldn't call it like they were probably at the 10. Yeah. I mean, who are we, though? We're not coaching Ohio State, but (laughs) that's just my opinion on it. I – even if I was on staff there, I'd voice my opinion. Like, I don't think that's a good call. Hey, I would, I would be take that job right now. You know, if Brian Day decides to go to Michigan and take over Jim Harbaugh's job, I'll do that. You know, imagine that. That'd be something. <laughs> I said, I said that, and then Jim Harbaugh would be the coach of the Dolphins, but that didn't work out anyway. My Dolphins need help. I think they got a good coach. They do. They got good stuff going on. I, for some reason, I'm around Dolphins fans 24 seven. I can't escape them. I got a coworker that's a Dolphins fan. My boy Ant that I do this with is a Dolphins fan. It's just weird. I just can't a, get away from him. I'm a Dolphins fan, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like I'm around Wade. Roy Dennis is a Dolphins fan. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> They're everywhere. Everywhere for some weird reason. But anyway, speaking of the Dolphins and quarterbacks, LSU's Joe Burrow put on an absolute show in yeah. Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl, the other semifinal game against Oklahoma. Thanks for attending. The college football playoff, Oklahoma, you get a little participation award trophy at the very end. But, hey, LSU romped all over them. This yep. Jefferson kid had four touchdowns in the first quarter and a half. Joe mm-hmm. Burrows threw for seven TDs, won 63-28. to 28. Get to host the national championship in the Superdome. What do you, um, Chad, what do you think about and what are your takeaways of the 63-point burger that they laid on Oklahoma? extremely unexpected you know being coached by lincoln riley oklahoma is just such a good i think they're such a good team they have from their quarterback their offensive line their linebackers are tough there's they're just pound for pound they're a very good team and i don't think that game reflects the team that they were all year sure every team has their ups and downs but that that was not you know just as well as i do that was not the oklahoma team but lsu was on a different level that game they were on a different level. Some See, I never bought into Oklahoma. I, yeah, I didn't buy into them last year, and I didn't – well, last year was because the defense was so bad. But their defense got a little bit better this year. But yeah, they just haven't been the big game team. I mean, they struggled against Baylor and Waco, and they struggled against Baylor's third-string quarterback in the Big 12 right. championship. I didn't really buy Oklahoma as a contender, but it was – they had to go in the fourth spot by default because yes. Utah stunk up the joint. Baylor yeah. couldn't get it done. And then the other dominoes fell to its place with Georgia. Yeah, and I, I guess to my my point is being unexpected. I didn't think it'd be sixty three to right. I was I was expecting forty two points, but LSU did that in the first half. Yeah, two to three two to three score win for sure. There's no doubt. LSU is the best team in college football. They are. That's just my opinion. Um, but Oklahoma, some some teams that. I wish I wish I could think of a, a game in the past of where, let's say, a number one team in the country went against a team that was 20 in the country and a team that was 20 in the country beat them. 
by two or three scores. Like some days you just don't play your best. And that's, that's the reality of the great game. Um, but yeah, they just didn't, they didn't play as good as they definitely can. But LSU, like you just, they're just a powerhouse. They have it everywhere. And kudos to Ed Orgeron. I mean, you see mm-hmm. the ESPN article that dropped today about the stories the of Ed. Yeah. <laughs> where he wants to face the rock as a D-line drill with no shoulder pads. He's an animal. He definitely is, and it, his voice shows. But anyway, I'm surprised about the LSU defense. The LSU defense was coming into this college football playoff, and everyone was talking about being the weak spot, especially going up against a Jalen Hurts-centric offense. They yep. were the number one offense in America, just absolutely brutally shutting out teams, um, throwing the ball over the place, and Jalen Hurts running the ball. But, yeah, I, I didn't expect – this kind of pressure coming from LSU. And LSU has a very young defense, too. I think one their top cornerbacks is like a true freshman. They do, yes. Yep. Yeah, it's it's they're 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 just tough. I mean, they they beat Bama. Um, I, I think the, the talent coming up, the, like you said, the freshmen, they have a couple sophomores as well. <laughs> they're gonna be legitimate for a long time. I'm sure they'll have to replace the best quarterback in college football in Joe Burrow. Um, after next season, or after this season, but it's 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 LSU. I mean, you'll you'll find you'll find a dime a dozen that that are going to be him, and you'll find some average ones that'll make them contenders. But that's a guy you just can't replace. I don't think. No, and I'm surprised about the Joe Burrow's uh, progression from year one to year two with LSU too. Man, wow. I mean, it, it's just insane with the Saints' offense uh, passing coordinator coming in to be in charge of like the passing attack i mean it's just a huge granted yeah. oklahoma's defense is not pretty good anyway i mm. think they were ranked like 35th or 36 but that being said they, they were carved like turkeys out there it, it yeah. was just a clinic and i don't know if you're going to be able to do that against clemson but still you were pretty much putting the ball there was the one play he made where he was running out of bounds kind of and he just chucked it up yeah Unreal stuff. A lot of their, a lot of their spread formation stuff. You can just see how relaxed he is, and I, and I think that's a, a token to, um, to his film study and his knowledge of overall. I was about to kill you if you were about to say it's Ohio State thing. I was about to kill you for that. No, 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 no. no. Because <laughs> I he, hear that argument from Ohio State fans. It's like, well, he was here first. I was like, yeah, well, he left you, you know. Yeah. No. Like I said, I'm I'm not a biased fan. <laughs> I, I just I just remember reading a, a really good article about Joe, like you said, Joe Burrow's progression. Um, what it comes down to at that level, you get these five-star quarterbacks out of high school. They're going to Bama. They're going to Penn State. They're going to Ohio State. Joe Burrow's a good example. And they get there, and they're not doing anything, right? It comes down to, at a young age, being able to understand coverages. It, it's an understanding of what your offensive line is doing, what the stunts and fronts of the D-line are, what the backers are telling you what gaps they're blitzing, and obviously being on the same page with your receivers. He has mastered all of that in literally a year and a half. Yeah, he really that did. Is wild to think about. He, he looks so comfortable. He looks so comfortable in the pocket. He's like Smooth Joe. I, I would like to give yeah. him that nickname until he goes to the Bengals, and then he's going to get killed. He but. looks as cool as Peyton Man or as uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> he, he is. He's really calm in that pocket. Ever since he got laid up – um, by the big UCF nose tackle in that Fiesta Bowl last year, 
He's just um, been dominant. Yeah. Which oh, is man. so weird. Thinking back on that hit. Whew. Yeah, he got absolutely smoked. And then he ended up throwing for like three or four touchdowns against UCF. And they ended up winning that game. And I think that was like the, the step into the national championship team that this team is. You know, they are legit national championship contenders. But like I said, it it could come off. They did run them out out of the building really quick. And there is something where you get too much rest, which is weird why this is like two weeks away from where the end of the um, semifinals was. Because usually it's like the week after. Now yeah. they're like sitting for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of sitting that long. You just and so you got to factor in like, is the being at home in New Orleans going to get to their heads? You know, and mm-hmm. like, okay, there's no way they're going to lose. Where it's like, Clemson's defending national championships. I'm sure they're used to playing on big stages like that. Yeah, they've been there. They're comfortable. They got the sheriff under center, and it, it's. I, I'll tell you what. If I was a bet man, which sometimes I am, but with sports, no, I would not bet this game. I am. <laughs> Uh, well, for let's let's say like obviously smaller stakes, yeah, but big money. Who? No way. I don't. I don't know who to take. I, well, LSU's no. six point favorites, which is pretty yeah. big in like championship games. You don't really see that. Well, let's get into previewing the national championship game that's going to be on Monday at seven seven or eight o'clock. I think it's going to be eight o'clock because usually ESPN likes yeah. to push that back. Which but it's going to be in the Superdome, LSU. The overwhelming favorites, like I said, six-point favorites, going up against the defending national championship, the Clemson Tigers. Um, this is – ever since the national championship has been in the Superdome, LSU has represented the past four times. So they've been there. This is how they get to the national championship. It has to be in the Superdome. Uh, do you give the edge to? What is your preview looking like for you? What are you excited to see? What are some big key elements into the game you're um, expecting to be game-changing moments? I thought about this a little earlier today. Um, love both teams. I, I'm giving my edge to LSU. I, not necessarily for like betting reasons, just I think they're the better team. Um, they're, they're at home, like you said. And I can't bet against Joe Burrow. I, I, I can't. I have not seen him play a bad game. I haven't. I haven't. Their, their receivers are clicking. Their offensive line is doing a phenomenal job. Their defense is – they they peaked weeks ago, but they're true. Like they're playing, man. After that last game, whoo, they were playing some fundamentally sound football. But then again, you look back at what happened last week with Clemson taking on Ohio State and coming down. You, like you just never know. You you just you just never know in this type of game. Here's the thing, though, too. It's like you normally see these teams have a hiccup. Yep. Once in the blue moon, LSU hasn't had a hiccup at all. Not one. Not one. Yeah. Clemson's had, you can argue, the first quarter of the Ohio North State Carolina. game and then the North Carolina game. Yeah. So it's like, are they ever going to play bad football? I think it's going to happen, you know, where it's going to be caught up. Because, you know, if Clemson played Alabama or LSU scheduled, they would be undefeated too. Oh, without a doubt. So There's this no- is going to be by far the best team LSU is going to play all year. And obviously for Clemson, this is going to be the best team they've played. Yeah, um, without a doubt. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I hope it is, at least. you got to love games like that. The over-under is 70 right now for total points. Take the Please. under, everybody. Take the Pretty under. high. Pretty <laughs> damn high. Well, I have I, a future on Clemson right now. I put that in at, like, plus 280. So yeah. I'm kind of, like, dumped into the Clemson bandwagon. But I do 
if I'm going to pick, I do go with Clemson in this game. There are going to be some key things. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better passing quarterback than Jalen Hurts was. Granted, they did a good job, but Jalen Hurts was never really a top passer like Trevor no. Lawrence is. I thought Trevor Lawrence would be able to navigate. And Oklahoma only had one receiver in C.D. Lamb. I, I didn't really count the other guys as being lethal. Where LSU or um, where Clemson has like three lethal weapons with Higgins, with Anthony that can play in the slide if he wants to. They they have so many ways of attacking, and they've been there before. But I also think Clemson's defense is a lot better than miles better than Oklahoma's defense, without a doubt. The back seven, especially, they're not like the team from last year with the top four. They're all stacked with three All Americans there. They're not like that this year. They're more of a back seven. Um, secondary and linebackers team, they do a good job of that. But with Clemson, they can't be aggressive with their linebackers like they were doing with Ohio State, which is I was shocked how aggressive they were being with J.K. Dobbins, just like going off and the other lane will open the other way. But, yeah, I mean, if you were going to pick between Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, are you going to pick Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence in this situation? Oof. Uh Man, I'll tell you what that that's that that make that makes you think. But again, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Joe Burrow. Um, there's just something about the guy. I mean, they both have great poise. They're both. Let's be real. They're both A plus quarterbacks. It's, no doubt, it's, number one overall picks right now. Yeah, it, it, you can't you can't it can't go wrong if you're um who's got the number one pick? Washington. Cincinnati. Cincinnati does. Cincinnati can't go wrong. They they can't. They have nowhere it, else to go. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna stick I mean, with the red rifle for another year. Yeah, uh, either one you choose is substantially better than the the rest. Like there's there's well, no. Trevor Lawrence has another year because he's only a sophomore. Oh right, yeah, he's not the he's not going to declare. Right, so he's going to be in twenty twenty one. Yeah, oh, see that? I thought I figured he would declare. I thought he was a junior. Mm. No, it's only um two years after you play college football. I think no, it's uh, three years. Yeah, I think that's the rule. Three years, right? I'm curious now. Because you declare for the NFL draft. Did you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish. Huh. <laughs> Got to get that speed. <laughs> no, because you were a quarterback, so you had you had to declare. Otherwise, they were going to put you at receiver, and they ended up putting you at receiver. See that? <laughs> Smart man. But, yeah, I, I would go with Trevor Lawrence because he's been, he's been there. But uh, Joe Cool, like, he can still get it done. But I would just say the tougher matchup would be with Joe Burrow against Clemson. Because I think the back end of that secondary, they, they got four first-round picks in Clemson's secondary. Where the LSU, they got, like, a couple good pieces, but it could, like, fall apart and, like, bust it. We saw with the Alabama game, there were busted coverages everywhere. Yeah. I, it's insane to, to just I, – I love the D coordinator for Clemson. Uh, I think his name's Coach Venables. I, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. As, coming from, like, a coaching perspective, isn't it freaking nuts how none of these Clemson assistant coaches or coordinators or position groups, they've all stayed together for, like, three years now from That's being important. national championship teams? So isn't that crazy? It is. It is. It's – like it's Alabama incredible. guys are getting picked off left and right every single year where like Clemson has just stuck with their whole entire group. Yeah. I think it's so important in that aspect. Even like even in high school right now, you think down the road when, you know, I obviously have aspirations to be a head coach um, at the high school level with, with no rush right now. With the Berwick head coaching job. Yeah. I, I see. I love this area up here. So I'm probably going to stay up here. Yeah. It's um, a good area, man. But I, but I love where I'm at, but you start to think, 
the kind of staff you want around you. And I think our head coach does a great job of this right now. He brings in guys that played the positions, um, has great character. You don't want to bring in someone that doesn't have good character and someone that you can trust. Um, but people, he wants people there for years. He doesn't want guys, and this is only at high school, I know, but he wants guys that are going to be consistently there. He doesn't want guys going from school to school to school to school. Now, take it for granted, if an opportunity comes about and it's a great one, you know, he understands, take it and run. But just having a solidified staff there for years, like Clemson has had, I mean, coach, the D coordinator for Clemson is just a fiery guy. Um, he, he's, he has a guy, get he back coach. Like oh, man, he looks like his brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he just does. He can take a very average defense and mold them into one of the best in the country. In a That's matter one of things on the coaching resume, you gotta have some Dabo DNA in you in order to get that job. You do, you do. <laughs> Frick, man. Let's be real. He's 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 one of the best. I think Clemson's now the prime primary uh, elite college football program now. I think they've totally taken the reins from Alabama on that. Am I crazy to say that? Because look, look yeah. at the co- consistency with the coaches. Yep. They've been in the national championship game five of the last six years. Yep. I mean, Dabo's been the coach of the year pretty much every single year. Besides, I would give the edge to Ed Orgeron if they ended up winning the national championship. But yeah. like Dabo's just got these kids fired up all the time. It's a yeah. big recruiting tool too. I I think people say Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. I think and anybody that listens to this podcast, I'm saying Dabo Sweeney, best coach in college football until the day he retires. There's no doubt in my mind. I oh, think, right now, absolutely. But I wouldn't I, say like five years ago that would that crown was oh, obviously yes. Nick Saban. His his story, um, he just the way he he treats his employees, like. I, I read I read a lot of football articles. Uh, yeah. Did you I, watch the HBO, by the way, of the Belichick and Saban thing yet? Not yet. I have to, oh, I have to get I got, I got to watch it. I heard it's, like, awesome. Yeah. I got to watch it. Um, but, you know, I, a lot of times in college football, especially at a high level, from what I hear at least, you have some head coaches that want you in there literally 24-7. So you get there 6 o'clock. You don't leave till 11 o'clock. And you, don't, you have seven hours to get back in the next day. Whereas Dabo Sweeney is a big believer in, hey, I, we got to get our work done in eight hours, just like a normal job. Go to practice, go home, see your family. So he's very lenient in in that aspect of family life. So I think he does it right for his employees, because um, believe it or not, college football is one of the most, um, what's the term? Um, it leads to the highest amount of divorces yeah. as a college football coach. Oh, so okay. So yeah. He get, he gives his employees the opportunity to have a family life. I was that's wondering important. where you were going with that. Yeah, like, that's ex- that's extremely important. That's what kind of turned me off of college football, coaching it. You just don't get a lot of you time. Have, there's no break. You have to be – you're either recruiting, you're either looking at film, you're either getting ready for spring ball and fall ball. It's crazy. Now, if I'm at that level, though, I mean, I'll, I'll do that 24 hours a day. But That's D1. That's D1, yeah. though. I mean, D2, D3 are kind of lenient, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. those kids aren't there during the summer. We're like the D1 kids. They're, they're there they to there. Like play they're getting, the job. They're getting paid to be there. That's what their scholarships are for. They're, they're, and then some. Yeah, some programs. Job. But yeah, Dabo's just a phenomenal coach. He does everything right. He's one of the best recruiters, if not the best recruiter in college football. And it clearly shows. Is so. he an offensive guy or defensive guy? I don't really know. Both. He was an offensive guy, though. He played wide receiver. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. He played uh, offense at Alabama. But I didn't know 
coming up was if he was like a defensive coach or like offensive coach because you get those like guys that are like one way when it comes to coaching yeah i'm sure he bounced around a little bit he probably did yeah probably like a joe judge kind of guy where you know who the hell knows who he is but anyway i would give the edge to clemson right now my national championship pick but i am expecting it to be around like 31 28 i don't think it's going to be a shootout though no, I'm, it could I'm potentially gonna, go to overtime if I'm really being realistic here. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna say LSU forty. Let's go LSU forty-two, Clemson thirty-one. So LSU is gonna cover the spread then, essentially eleven point. That's a lot. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a. a originally, I was thinking there's no way they're going over seventy. But the more I think that's about way it, way over seventy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a good one. And hey, man, the college football with betting this year, the over unders have been like spot on on the point. I know. So you, you, you can't, so you, can't weird. Say, you can't say either or is bad. That's the good thing because it's been so inconsistent. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Chad, living up here in New York City and then working in Jersey, I'm around like betting lines all over the time, all betting ads. It's crazy. This year has been one crazy year for gambling. It's nuts. I've only bet two or three games in my life, and the anxiety I got from it turned me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, though. It keeps you – you got to learn how to bet. You got to um, do it in increments. You can't go heavy on one side. Yeah. Because that's how you lose your money. But, yeah, I mean, just the amount of games that, that have come right down to the wire when it comes to these Vegas lines. They're like, they're like the Simpsons. They predict everything. <laughs> it's crazy. They got to have one of the Simpsons guys working for them just like – yeah, I think uh, six is going to be right where it's going to sit. I was always interested in how they, how they just figure it out. It's nuts how they just like. There's probably a guys in the in the room like thirteen guys is like you think of what I'm thinking. Yeah, let's do it. You know. Yeah. Who knows? Weird. Anyway, we're getting to the end of the bowls. Was there any other bowl games that came to your surprise, or did you watch like any bowl games besides the big ones that kind of shocked you a little bit, or? Yeah, I, I, I mean, not the outcome of it, but how fast Memphis started against Penn State. And oh then, yeah, and then Penn State's ability to overcome that. Yeah, that game hit the over in the second in the um, second quarter. <laughs> I, think, I, I think there was almost hundred. There was like 90, 90 points scored plus. I think so. Yeah, and that Micah Parsons guy, man, that that's a true middle linebacker. For, like LBU, you would say for Penn State fans, that is a clear example because he was all over that field making play. He had the fumble one time or something. Yeah, he's a beast. He's uh, a sophomore, first team All American as a sophomore, yeah. which is nuts. You don't yeah. really hear that anywhere. I want to say he's a, he's definitely a PA guy. I think right. Uh I'm not too sure. I can't. because like Penn State gets like Maryland, Virginia kids all the time, but. I would say he is a Pennsylvania guy. He wasn't really highly recruited either. Sure, he's making the most of his opportunities. Yeah, I'm going to look that up because it's very interesting because Penn State goes around that mid-Atlantic very well. They go into New Jersey and Maryland, New York. Penn State's just so dangerous. I don't care what anybody says. They just have they, – they find a way usually. But Are you a James Franklin guy? Because I love James Franklin. I think he's like perfect for that program, for any program. I, I do like him. I do. Oh, I think, Harrisburg. 
He is a Harris. That's what I thought because that's I was coaching at uh, Dickinson College in Carlisle and Central I, Dolphin I, High School. Yeah, that's right down the road from where I was at, about twenty minutes. And then Harrisburg High School too. Maybe you must have uh, transferred or whatever. That's a good high school. At least it's not Bishop McDevitt. Jesus Christ, I'm tired of hearing those guys. Bishop, yeah, there's. <laughs> That's a Catholic school, right? Yeah, but it doesn't matter in Pennsylvania. They don't separate those. Yeah, which I don't like. I don't like that. No. I'm a fan of that. Well, I don't know if you remember when our Bishop Wood beat Berwick in like the semifinal playoff game. It was like 2013 or whatever. The whole town wanted to put a lawsuit against the state of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Of course they did. It's just the way Berwick football is, dude. Yeah, they're tough, though. They are. They, they're that old was, coach. That was the Curry era still, I think. I think he was still coaching then. Well, Bloom just got their head coach. Shiftock. I love Shiftock, man. He is the real deal. He was I the did. D-line coach for us a little bit, wasn't he? Before well, yeah. he took the Berwick job, right? I th- so you, you graduated a year after me, right, with football? 2017, yeah. Yeah, you were a year after me. Um, coach Shiftock was our coach when you were a redshirt freshman, I guess, and I was a sophomore. Yeah, I think so. He was, he was there for only two years. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a head guy. He's a head guy or a coordinator. He's not a position coach. So that's why he ended up leaving us, taking the head job in high school. I think he went to Kings then to be, um, I think, a linebacker's coach. Wasn't happy again. And then took the um, got the head job at Bloom. And it's a perfect fit. It's his, it's his hometown, essentially. All-American there. Which, shocking with Bloom, they go with an alum, you know. <laughs> but, hey. He's a great he's a great guy, you know. I'm kind of excited to see what that program does. We know a bunch of kids there, so I think they just have to change which he's going to do. I could tell already cuz he's on Twitter. He's there he's going to he's yeah, going to change right for Shep talk on Twitter. Yeah, they're going to change their recruiting efforts. They have to go out of state. They have to get out of state. More than just Jersey. It's expensive. It is. It is, but at the same time, man, there's there's Blue's a big that cheap too. <laughs> well, there's there was a nice donation from the man Steph Pettit, too. Oh, yeah. He donated a lot of money for scholarships, I believe. Crazy money. Shout out to that guy. I talked to him for a little bit. He's pretty cool. He's, but yeah, he's back to the bowl games. I think the Rose Bowl was awesome between Wisconsin and Oregon. I oh, thought man. that was a great game. Yeah. It's all, the Rose Bowl is always a great game. Besides the one year where Christian McCaffrey just ran all over Iowa. That was probably the one bad Rose Bowl game. Yeah, that was a good game. I thought both teams. I got to get out to go see the Rose Bowl one year. I really do because it just the way the sun sets with like going into the fourth quarter is just awesome. The area itself is beautiful. Pasadena, come on. The area, oh man, no rains. Never rains during the Rose Bowl. I would just love to take a week vacation out there. Yeah, exactly. Spend New Year's down there, go to the parade, hungover, whatnot, and then go to the game. Yeah. No, the the Big Ten has been doing. Very solid in bowl games for the most part. They have. Yeah. And then the Pac-12 has been very crappy. Yeah. I don't yeah, know how the SEC did. I, usually the SEC is like half up, half down. You never know. <laughs> With them, you just never know. But another game that I caught that was a crazy shootout and actually came down the wire was uh, Pittsburgh and Eastern Michigan. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't watch that one. See, that was like a shootout. In the make. It was like back and forth. And then – Pittsburgh had this one really crazy play with 11 seconds to go. That was like a 40-yard touchdown pass. Really? They ended up winning 34 to uh, 31 because they needed a touchdown to win, and it was just unbelievable. I don't understand how they can't get back to where they used to be. 
They just don't. They're just not. Ooh, Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh's not really that big football school that you really think of. I, 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 feel, I feel like they should be, though. They should be. They shouldn't be that far, even though they play well against Penn State. doesn't There's... help that they play in the ACC either. That's kind of a weird thing. And then also being a private school, too, you're not yeah. going to really get, like, those big walk-ons that you would essentially get. No, that's true. Yeah. And, yeah, you, ha- you do have to compete with Penn State and Ohio State, who loves to recruit out of Pennsylvania, too. Yeah. So- PA guys, man. We PA guys. We know how to get it done. <laughs> Well, I'm not a PA. My family's a PA guy. I've just been all yeah. over the damn place. But right. essentially, yeah. I mean, the bowl games were pretty dang close to the wire. I would say a lot of them are. I think the biggest shocker was Miami putting up zero points against La Tech. Um, that ended up getting the offensive coordinator fired. Yeah, their uh, their offense was just atrocious. It really Terrible. was. And they had that really good game against Florida. And you would think they would have upset in Florida in that first game. But – just never got it going with their whole quarterback situation. What's up with yeah. Tate Martell, dude? Like, what are you going to do with that kid? I don't – imagine being the number – I think he was, like, the number one quarterback coming out of high school. Yeah, and he was. The, the kid was a stud, and he, he, was, he did well. He was awesome. He was the perfect RPO quarterback. And he did well when he got in at Ohio State for the most part. Yeah, what but happened? <laughs> just, Justin Fields. The transfer. Well, Justin Fields was like Fields. crazy out of high school too, and he was at Georgia. Yep, Justin Fields. So, so yeah. Uh, t- shout out to like all the weird bowl games, like Tony the Tiger Sumble and all the weird CEOs <laughs> that had to do the stand ups for those commercials. So cringy. Texas beating up on Utah. Like, what, what the hell, on? man? I was a Utah buyer, Go and ahead. then the Pac-12 in that bowl game, they stunk. No, oh, I, I just I don't get it. Texas is so inconsistent, but they <laughs> with uh, Sam Ellinger is coming back for his senior year. I don't know if you yes. saw that, but he's coming back, which is you could put him as like a Heisman front runner, like top five actually. He's a beast. Yeah, Texas he's is going to be a really good class too. Like this year is already shaping up to be a really good one with Jacob Fromm and uh, Easton from Washington, and then you mm-hmm. essentially got Herbert, uh, Burrow, and Tua in there. But, yeah, next year is going to be shaping up really, really good. Michigan needs a quarterback. But, yeah, Shea Patterson's a senior, right? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, I, I don't get that Michigan program, man. They got so much talent, and then – They can never get a quarterback. That's it. I, I don't mean, get Patterson's, it. Patterson's good, but, I mean, they can't get a Michigan – they can't get a Brady. Um, you who would think the with Jim Harbaugh as the head honcho – being a quarterback guy, that he can essentially get somebody. Yeah, I, I think he. I think this. If he stays, he knows he has to find one. <laughs> well, I mean, how can you not stay with Michigan, giving you all the money in the world to go out and be nine and three, nine and four, ten and three, whatever? Maybe McCaffrey's brother will turn out to be the real deal. Yeah, who knows? And I mean, he's that McCaffrey family is very athletic. Being the Denver Bronco, Ed McCaffrey. Yeah. But anyway, um, last point, though. Uh, I want to get your opinion on Tua going into the draft with, like, the hip surgery. And, oh, man, that was such a crushing hit when he took that. It was such an awkward position. But yeah, walking around, do you think he made the right choice of declaring for the NFL draft? I think he did. I don't think his stock's going to drop too much. Um, I think he'll still be a, a top 10 pick. There's no doubt, actually. People, people need quarterbacks. He's proved his worth. It was a freak injury. In my opinion, 
Um, he's got one of the best guys in his corner to advocate for him and to market him in Nick Saban. So I, I believe two is not going to drop any more than, man, six or not seven. Not out of the top. Yeah, six or seven, I would yeah. say. Because yeah. you got those three teams in Miami, uh, L.A. Chargers. Uh, they got to move back to San Diego. So stupid. I, I but, think Miami might take them. They, they kind of have to. And so much leverage to – well, you could think about Detroit if they want to take that jump. Yeah. Stafford being old. And fragile. Yeah, they got – fragile quarterbacks on your roster. How well is that recipe going? Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, Jeff Driscoll did a good job coming in, but, I mean, you need a franchise quarterback. He's you got okay. to He's, a, you he's your essential backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yep. You need a <laughs> franchise guy. But, yeah, I mean, I think Tua made the right choice, definitely. He's got to sit out this first year in the NFL. But, yeah, yeah he was really considering coming back to Alabama because look at the amount of guys are coming back for their senior year in Alabama. It's just a lot of people. Yeah. They had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball at the beginning of the year that kind of set them back defensively, and that's why they had a lot of miscues defensively. Mm-hmm. But you got to think about, too, if Nick Saban is like, how long does he want to go at this thing? You can tell that the transfer portal is really affecting the way he recruits Mm -hmm. guys and brings up teams because look at Joe Burrow and LSU. It's a transfer hotspot. Yeah. So it's really affecting him. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be a top quarterback. Well, obviously, two was the best quarterback Alabama history. Yeah. But you got to think with the way the passing game is going now and the way Alabama's offense has been constructed, it's more of a passing game now. It's not more of a run game. Yeah, and there, there's another – there's a kid also from Southern Columbia, um, the quarterback, Stone Hollenbach. He, I trained with the kid when I was a senior in college, and he was just uh, – I want to say – oh, man. I want to say he was a sophomore in high school at the time, maybe a freshman at the time. Kids on the roster, he made the team at Alabama. Uh, don't know if he's on full scholarship, partial, or walk-on, whatever it is, but he, he dressed almost every game, maybe every game. And that kid. Hey, man, you if you can dress for Alabama, shout-out to you. I'm telling you <laughs> what, I would not be shocked if he eventually got a shot. And when he gets a shot, that's one of those kids where you just you speak with, you train with, and you can just tell. Hey, hey Alabama is easy to pull the plug on, like, the starter if it's not going well. We saw it in the national championship game. Yep. Yep. And they, they, that system does not need a very quick quarterback. They no. need that. It's, it's just, hey, we got the running backs. We're going to run the ball to 60-40 down your throat, and we're going to throw the ball when the opportunity presents itself. We got five-star guys going against Wofford. We're going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Week one, yeah. But, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he gets this opportunity and – you know, I, I'm sure he's sitting either at third or fourth right now, being a true freshman. But um, definitely pulling for him. Hope, hopefully, he gets the opportunity. Because well, Alabama's got to hopefully replace Tua like that because the way yes. the SEC is constructed now with the top five teams. Well, granted, the bottom is like the bottom. You got Arkansas, Mississippi State, Mississippi, yeah. and Vanderbilt. I don't get why people argue that the SEC is the best conference. You only got five great teams. That's it. It's it's all about the Big Ten. That's the all around best conference. Yep. Big Ten, without a doubt. But, uh, yeah, you got LSU right now at the top. You got Florida coming. Florida's going to be a scary team coming down the road. They were able to keep up Dan – what's his last name? Um, the head coach there, they were able to keep him from the NFL. 
Mullen? I think I think it Dan Mullen. Yeah, there Mullen. we go. Yeah. Mullen. Able to keep him. You gotta think about Georgia, what they're gonna do. Um, since they don't have Justin Fields anymore, Jake Fromm is left gone. Kirby Smart. Auburn's always gonna be good with Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is like gonna be one of the best quarterbacks his senior year. Yeah. He, he did a good job this year. Yeah. One of the best games year long was the Oregon and Auburn game. I think I think I know I mentioned them before. I'm not a Penn State fan, but I think it's going to be one of their best years next year. I think that's going to be one of the better Penn State teams. It could. It could. AJ so. Hamler coming back. Sean Clifford, I think, is a – what is he? A sophomore, a junior, sophomore, someone like that. Yeah. Offensive hate- line has been their struggle, too. Their offensive line is garbage. Yeah. I hope uh, – I mean, I want, to, I want to see the teams in my state do well, for sure. So, I'm sure they'll – They'll find some guys. They got some guys from my area. Two guys on the offense line, young guys. McGovern, McGovern left. Um, he was at Lake Lehman High School in eastern northeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then yeah. they got a, a guy from Schmokin, Blake Zaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Blake, if I pronounced your name wrong. If you somehow listen, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if he is. Hey, if you want to come on the show, Blake, and talk to uh, some X's and O's about your playbook, come, come on on. You know. Please do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be a tough team. Big Ten just on a different level. Yeah, essentially. And then you got your historical programs kind of phasing out. It's a new style of college football now. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Exciting national championship game coming up. Very exciting bowl season. I was able to finish above 80%. It was a big bowl season for me. I don't know much about you, Chad, but I made a, quite a bit of money off of bowl season. So I did not I bet. Yeah, you don't bet because you're in Virginia. I did not bet, yep. All right, well, guys, that is all the time we have for today. We thank you for joining us on the CFP 100. This will probably be our last show since the National Championship game is coming on, and we'll recap the National Championship on a regular Bench Bro Sports podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BroBench and Bench Bros 2019. Keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages. We are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker, and any other podcast that you can find. You can find every single one of our podcasts there. Again, thank you for listening, chatting, last thoughts, where they can find you or whatever you want to do, shout-outs, et cetera. Ohio State uh, thinks whatever, you know, go ahead, say whatnot. Yeah, no, first off, I just appreciate you having me on, talking football. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. And, yeah, and uh, lastly, you can uh, – let me check my Twitter handle here because I know the Twitterverse is huge now. So you, you can probably find me on Twitter, at Coach Hoffman 7 you had to look it up, so you you know it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I didn't even know my Twitter handle. I just go on there, I retweet stuff, and usually it's Saturdays where I'm very active. But yeah, thank you again, Wes. You do a great no job. No problem, dude. Excited Welcome back that. anytime. Yeah, no, anytime you want. All right, I got you. And I'm Wes Explain. Find me on Twitter at Explain It. Explain underscore it. Um, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify once again. Make sure you push the pod. Keep it rolling. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening on Bench Bros. We are out.